everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 434, Not So Sweet Caroline. Joined as always with Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? Yeah, things are things are nice over here. The heat wave has passed, so wow. I'm no longer just like sweating through my clothes at eleven o'clock at night while I sit on the sit on the couch. So that's a that's an improvement. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that could have cooled you off maybe uh, can no longer, and that's the uh, Choco Taco. I don't know if you saw the Choco Taco has been officially discontinued by Klondike to to the dismay of many of Americans. I, I didn't really see that, although I did see someone, they I think they're offering to deliver individual ones to people out of like the remaining batch or something, but I think it's $1,000 per bar. That's insane. For I guess for people who don't, do they have Choco Taco outside of the US? <laughs> I don't believe so, no. Okay. So it's kind of like a taco that's like a instead of a waffle cone, it's shaped like a taco, and it's stuffed with ice cream, and then covered. The top is covered instead of if you're picturing like salsa of a taco, it's covered with chocolate and nuts. They're okay. I, I think it's one of those things that people kind of have nostalgia for and go overboard, and it's not that great of a dessert. And then once people, because it, it slowly started trickling to like limited quantities and then people get crazy when there's limited quantities of things, which I don't get if you didn't have it in the first place now that it's limited, now that it's great. Uh, but the funniest thing is there's, there's so many, at least here, there's a lot of restaurants that home, like are homemade Choco Tacos. So it's not as if they're gone forever. Just the shitty Klondike version is gone. So but next time you come visit, Eddie, you can have a, a homemade one from one of the local ice cream stores. I mean, it's not really my type of thing, but but sure, I'll give it a go. Oh, ice That's cream, it. chocolate, sugar, not your type of thing? We've <laughs> discussed this before, right? I'm a, I'm a, a pretty You're a strawberry basic ice cream guy. I know. Yeah, like I'm a pretty basic person when it comes to ice cream. So, you know, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not... the more the better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes, but but no, I'm not I'm not venturing out into the the more complex ice cream snacks. Now, one thing we didn't make mention of a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, but obviously it was the anniversary of the first moon landing, uh, sort of twelve days ago, something like that. And uh, I also saw that I think it was Buzz Aldrin's space suit was sold at auction the other day as well. So as a result of that, I've been doing a lot of moon landing, the kind of YouTube rabbit holes that I go down. I've been going conspiracy down quite theories. a few. Not conspiracy theories, because I okay. I find the moon landing conspiracy theories to be some of the dumbest. Like, honestly, if anyone is listening to this and gives any credence to the moon landing conspiracy theories, I just don't know. I don't know what planet you're living on, uh, ironically. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did... I was watching this and they were they were kind of talking about things that happened around 1969, like right around the moon landings and famous quotes from the period. And one of them was sporting related, one that I'd never heard, but perhaps people from other people will be aware of. But the New York, former New York Mets manager, uh, 
Alvin Dark. He at one moment was talking about a, a player called Gaylord Perry. And he had the quote there, there'll be a man on the moon before Gaylord Perry hits a home run, was his quote. And in 1969, on the same day of the moon landing, 34 minutes after man first stepped on the moon, Gaylord Perry, <laughs> Gaylord Perry hit his first career home run. That's awesome. <laughs> when, but when did he say that? Did he say that like the day before the moon landing? <laughs> like right before, like literally while the countdown was coming. Like, yeah, uh, I don't actually know the timing of the quote. He literally said it as the person was landing, looking at the batting order, being like, all right. Gaylord Perry's got at least two more people till he gets up. Uh, that moon, it's getting pretty close. I think they're going to land first. <laughs> Bottom of the third inning. <laughs> he said it in 1964. Wow. So five yeah. years before. That's impressive. So, yeah, there's a fair space. So, I, I mean, the question is, is he then a big fan of NASA or does he really not like Gaylord Perry? <laughs> <laughs> so... I, so I'll, I'll give a bit more context to this. So he played almost all of his career before the designated hitter came into baseball. So he, so even though he was a pitcher, he'd had a significant number of plate appearances. So he'd had 1,220 plate appearances. So, I mean, a sizable chunk. And in the 1964 season, someone from the San Francisco Examiner uh, asked, uh, saw uh, Gaylord Perry hit a home run in batting practice and commented that he looked pretty good with a bat in his hands and that he could get a, a home run in a game fairly soon. And that is when Alvin Dark responded, mark my words, a man will land on the moon before Gaylord Perry hits a home run. He was sweating that out, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> he was I mean, sweating when that when they went off in 69 he was like oh please no issues please no mechanical issues get on that moon <laughs> i need this i think more to the point if you're gaylord perry there must i mean not that that quote probably was following you around too much i would imagine but he must have been aware of it and when he hit the home run on that day and would have obviously been aware of the fact that the moon landing was that day there's a good chance that maybe in his mind he thought I might have just beat. I might have scraped in just before this happened, so I can really shove those words down his throat. <laughs> then to find out it's thirty-four minutes later, which just makes the statement even more powerful, it must have been slightly disappointing. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was actually broadcast live at that stadium, like everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm sure that was like a live announcement. But I bet you he went into that game thinking, "This is my last shot. I need to hit the home run." So maybe that was a little extra fuel for that game but just couldn't get it done in time. I have to admit, it almost surprises me that they played baseball on that day. Like, I don't know why, but it, it almost feels as if like most non-essential things you would have thought pretty much ground to a halt. I do think you're right. They probably, maybe the game was paused or all yeah. the games started after the, the moon landing. But you would, I would have almost imagined that you just schedule like, oh, it's supposed to happen. Now, obviously that's a little bit of a nightmare because like the What if something be, happened? Yeah, or they just the launch keeps getting postponed, so you're like yeah. delaying the baseball season. They're like, "Oh, no flight today. <laughs> Try again tomorrow." Hey, listen, Eddie. If you're interested in that, then you should start watching For All Mankind on Apple TV. All about the first season's all about the moon landing. It's a good show. The first but season a, is 
is is actually like the worst of the seasons. They get progressively better because they are able to branch off on their idea and it kind of makes it more fun. It's it's not it's not groundbreaking show. It's a fun show. If you but like it's, space, it's a fun space show. It's based in reality or it's sci-fi or it's I guess I'll spoil it, but cuz it's it's within the first 5 minutes of the first episode. It's a, a an alternate history of if the Soviets landed on the moon before the Americans. Oh, so it's it's like Man in the High Castle, but but for but space, space, yeah, okay. But it's pretty cool because it's like a lot of these same people from the original, but they just didn't land in time, and then the Russians beat them, and then like what happened subsequently in the Cold War and all of this. But it's it's mostly focused on space exploration. It's pretty neat. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. I mean, I like the I like the Man in the High Castle. So yeah, and that's like a very similar concept, right? So yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, I like all I like all that space stuff. I mean, all the right stuff used to be one of my favorite movies when I was growing up. So I think a lot of it too is just like the those opening not the opening scenes, but like when they're testing them and they're doing all like the the different testing and stuff. I think that's so cool. Now continuing with uh, other topics in the news that we haven't mentioned, I don't know. I'm Gr- Brittany Grinder made her first appearance in court a few days ago. Now there's speculation that she is going to be part of a prisoner exchange. So it could be good news on the Brittany Griner front that she could be part of a, a swap and could be back in the U.S. Just in time for the WNBA playoffs, I guess. <laughs> I have not seen any of that, so I don't I don't know what's, uh, what's there, but good for her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's genuinely awful. Yeah. Like I can't imagine few things worse than, and this moment in time, being stuck in a Russian prison, knowing that, regardless of what you've done, there is a good chance that you are just being used as an example, and just now, might never get out. Now, here's the question: Do you think one, if she's not a U.S. athlete and it's just an average person that no one really knows except for the 300 friends on Facebook, is she a treated? like that and b do the u.s make a prisoner exchange so i would say they probably b i think is the easier one to answer and i think no (laughs) i think the reality is because she's famous and because that has then increased the amount of sort of media attention that this situation has has sort of been able to receive i think there's no way she's part of a swap but then who also, who knows? For all I know, there's prisoner exchanges and swaps going on on a, on a virtually daily basis, you know, and it's just that we don't hear hey, about them. TLC's on like season 25, a wife swap. So they're swapping like crazy. <laughs> Maybe they should force Brittany Griner to do a season of wife swap. Like that should be. It's like... <laughs> Any prisoner swaps have to have to participate in wife swap. That's a new yes. American rule. Right, yeah. right in the, write it in. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But um, yeah, as to whether or not she would be being held in the way, I, part of me thinks yes, that they would just be holding any American or potentially British person or European um, as in the way that they are with her. But it, it certainly probably doesn't help her cause that they know that they it's like a, a very public example that they're able to set. And tidying up on some other news that we've mentioned in recent weeks, I think last episode we discussed Barcelona's you know, fundraising in the way that they've been able to, the investment that they took 
yeah. to finance their summer spending spree that they've gone on. I think we could just a few more, the details of that investment have come out. So they uh, raised 300 million euros from a US-based investment firm called Sixth Street. And in, in exchange for that, Sixth Street has the rights to 15% of their domestic TV right revenue over the next 25 years. They're, so they're domestic as in the, the US's? No, Spain. the company, in, oh, okay, okay. As in, yeah, which would I assume be their largest, you know, media yeah. rights deal, uh, which means on current estimates that that $300 million investment over the course of 25 years will return, sorry, 300 million euro investment over the course of 25 years will return 700 million euros. Not a bad investment if if Barcelona no. don't go bankrupt before that. <laughs> well, that's the risk. They are bankrupt if they don't get a repercussion for being bankrupt in the next twenty five years. <laughs> no, I mean this seems like a really dangerous financial move from Barcelona's perspective. You know, you really are leveraging your future just in order to try and uh, you know have a little bit of short term success. They're obviously still in a period anyway where some of those that summer signing. They can't even register them right now because of the financial risk. So Lewandowski and Rafinha cannot currently be registered for the team until they can get Frankie de Jong to either leave or take a pay cut. So they need him <laughs> to be sold, basically, because it seems unlikely he seems to have decided he's not taking a pay cut, which I yeah. don't blame him for. No, at this point, I just stick in there and fuck him. <laughs> no. Because it, like, if you are trying to convince someone, hey, we really need you to take a pay cut for the good of the team. Like this is this is just what we need you to do. Unfortunately, the financial situation means we have no other choice. And then you see them go out and raise three hundred million euros and bring in. I mean, Lewandowski probably earning more than he is. When you see those things happening, you're probably like, oh, screw this. I'm not. I'm not taking a pay cut then. But uh, speaking of former co-host Sam, obviously he is in Paris at the moment, and I have Ooh. seen him I've seen him again. He's a difficult person to see. You know, he has such. A I thought you were gonna say he's a different he's, person. He's a very different person than when he was on the podcast. He's completely changed. Yeah, he did compliment. He doesn't listen to the podcast. However, he did make the comment. He said he saw the new episode pop up with lights, camera, and action, and he said, "I really liked the title." Oh, the... thanks. <laughs> but that shows wow. the support that our former co-host is giving us. But what a guy. We were we did go and watch England in the women's Euros semifinal. And Domination. You know, yes, a very good performance from them. Not the finest goalkeeping performance I've ever seen from the Swedish goalkeeper. I think that was uh Oh, wasn't... are we gonna get another sexist goalie rant here, Eddie? Just stop. Just stop, stop doubling down on it. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest advertisement. And hey, look, I'm not even the one who's getting in trouble. Alex Scott, the uh, BBC presenter, former England international who was part of the BBC studio uh, sort of lineup for that match, afterwards said, because I th so the Sweden goalkeeper plays for Chelsea, but when the new manager came into Chelsea, she was dropped and replaced by a, a new goalkeeper. And Alex Scott made a statement somewhere along, along the lines of, it shows you what a good manager the Chelsea manager is because she could see that this the Sweden goalkeeper was past her best and that they needed to move on. And then 
she's been heavily criticized on social media, some of which obviously started immediately because then when they kind of came back to the topic five minutes later, she'd obviously probably been told that, uh oh, you're getting a little bit of a backlash for what you just said. She said, I wasn't that I was being, I wasn't being disrespectful. So her exact quote. So her first quote was, so no, her, her follow-up quote was, that's not me disrespecting her. That's just me praising the intelligence of Emma Hayes, knowing when to move a player on. I feel bad. I actually, I didn't mean to disrespect her. I mean, I would argue that saying that's not me disrespecting her, that's just the manager being really smart and knowing when to move on is still kind of disrespecting her. And then she said, what I mean is I played against her a lot in my career and you always know she's not that good moving her feet and adjusting quickly. And for the three of, for three of the goals, she's just got to be questioned. I would say double down on the disrespect by not even saying yeah. past, not even saying past her best, but this was always a weakness. <laughs> That's, it's not, oh, she's 39 now and she's not as good as she used to be. It's not, nah, she was never that good at that anyway. And I have to admit, I don't like people like sometimes when people get upset when someone in studio or a commentator is critical of an athlete's performance. I mean, that's kind of their job. Like you can't be too sensitive. Someone is there to say that wasn't good. They're not good at this. That was disappointing. They have to do better there. I mean, that is the job of someone, you know, giving, sharing their opinion or commentating on a sport. But so the, you know, watch the game with Sam and then afterwards, kind of one of my something that's become more and more of a, a a pet peeve i guess or something that really annoys me and that is oh wow what a list this must be <laughs> this is yes, now so something ext- that's added to your list of 75 pages of pet peeves for this it's an year extremely long <laughs> it's an extremely long list this one is rapidly climbing in the rankings i'll say that and that is and that is the fact that so many teams now play sweet caroline either during or more importantly after <laughs> they play the in particular things, in england things that bother you. it's just so good oh the things that get you agitated just fucking make me crack up man <laughs> but i want to explain this i you know i kind of grew up you know in my family like neil diamond was one of the sort of artists that I mean, not wouldn't classify him necessarily as any of my, my parents' favorite, but definitely I grew up unironically liking Neil Diamond. I have a slight issue with the with this popularity of Sweet Caroline came back in at first ironically, and then now people I think generally like it unironically. Okay, boomer. But, but that's how it kind of <laughs> came back. The thing that bothers me the most, though, it's not a dislike of the song itself. It is that, in particular, when you're looking at the England, the England women do it, the England men do it. Um, you see it in England, England cricket, England rugby, a lot of times afterwards. And I get it. It's a good like stadium sing-along song. Most people know the words. It has like fun choruses, little interactive pieces. But it, when it comes to England, a country with such a rich music, pop music, rock music, history and culture, why do you have an American artist, an American song as the thing you choose to have as like your post-winning anthem it really bothers me oh this is just anti-american hate mass it's not a, mass in a in a pet peeve <laughs> <laughs> it's not an anti-american thing it would be the same but you do you see what i mean like 
And we got into this whole discussion about, you know, who would you choose? I think you could have, you know, there's a host of songs, be it by the Beatles or Oasis or, you know, whoever, whatever t- period in time you want to choose a relevant British artist, you could have chosen one. And the fact that, and really it's, there's no one actively choosing it, right? It's stadium DJs who are basically just making, and part of the thing that annoys me is like, they're kind of just getting, they're uncreative and unimaginative, and they're just relying on the thing that everyone else is doing. But it really genuinely bothers me. Like, I I don't want to watch England win the World Cup and sing Sweet Caroline afterwards. Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, man. It's just... Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I I'm guess. sure I'm not alone in this respect. I'm sure there are other people that get annoyed at every aspect of life and fun <laughs> that are equally upset <laughs> who go back and watch movies as assholes. <laughs> <laughs> no, who are just assholes who go back, go back and watch movies. <laughs> so here's my question that it's also a very popular wedding song. Are you okay with it at an American wedding, but against it at an English wedding? No, it can be at any wedding. To me, it's the it's the it's the connection between it's a national like an and like an international team in an international sporting event, and you should be trying to choose something that kind of represents your overall culture in a way. And to so to choose an American, and it's not like again if it were a different country and there was a complete lack of viable options, but the fact that from English artists over the past 60 or 70 years, you would have, you know, dozens of very popular, very well-known, good stadium sing-along songs to choose from. So to go for a, you know, uh, an American artist who has up until recently been, you know, unpopular for a sustained period of time, it's not like the England football team have been doing this ever since Sweet Caroline came out. But, I mean, I guess, what about Three Lions? So Three Lions... I mean, that's played all the time. We went to the bar is, and, it, watched, and watched England play, and they played it 17 times. <laughs> it is, but it, after the stadiums, like when the teams themselves win, they're not sort of singing Three Lions. And I, I, oh, I'm I happy would, with it. Really? You don't think if, if England won the Euros, that wouldn't be the song that they'd be playing? So, I, of course, it's going to be played. But what I mean is you're seeing... On a on a match by match basis, Sweet Caroline a lot more. And here's I don't want Three Lions to be the direct replacement for that because I do think if you're always doing the Sweet the Three Lions thing, a it reduces a little bit the significance of the song, which is so tied to major tournaments themselves. But also, there are people who think who who don't understand that the part of the Three Lions aspect is that like they never think win. Over, yeah, people <laughs> think it's just like overconfidence and the English ego, but in reality, especially if you listen to the words, it's it's more the kind of continual misery of being an England supporter, but somehow maintaining an element of hope. And I, but I do think if we if that was just getting played after every match or after every victory, you might see that they get that get even more lost. So that would be the thing. But I just think there's so many to choose from, and 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 it's not just the football team, the cricket team, the rugby team, all of them. They're all using it, and it's just it, at this point, it's. It's annoying me. I, I've got no follow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's that's. I don't know. That's fine. <laughs> that's that's my rant for the day.
Well, let, let me take us to American football then for a little bit because that they just started uh, training camp for American football. So it's definitely in full NFL, swing yeah. uh, and you're going to have some preseason games coming up shortly. But I guess the one of there's so there's been two main talking points right now. One is in the virtual front, and that was the Madden 23 released all their ratings over. Now it's like it's like a two week ordeal how they release them. Like every day they release a new position and who's the 99 club and this and that. So I have all of the positions and all the rankings. We won't go through all of them. I just want to go through the top 10 quarterbacks and you tell me whether you, you agree with Madden on these rankings. So for the quarterbacks, no one is a perfect 99. Tom Brady is the number one quarterback in Madden 23 at 97. Aaron Rodgers, number two at 96. Patrick Mahomes at nine, at 95. Then there is a drop-off to number four, which is Josh Allen at 92. And then another drop-off to number five, which is Joe Burrows at 90. Prescott at 89. Herbert at 88. Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson at 87. And then Stafford all the way down at 85. Dropping out of the top 10 from last year is Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, which I don't know how he snuck in last year, and Matt Ryan. So how do we feel about them? Basically, you have a grouping at the top of three of Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, then Allen just behind, and then another group of emerging quarterbacks in the Burrow, Prescott, Herbert, Jackson. Um, None of them seem too out of place i mean i I, yeah i mean some of the ratings seem a little high but i mean this is just an issue i have with madden overall now because there is the like some of them have to get the 99 rank rating like i don't think any other i don't think like tom brady's rating there is too high think it's too high the same yeah so i I think i I was going to put it to you this way if you had a team and you had your choice of quarterback just for this year just this year you're not looking at contracts blah 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 you want to go out and win this year. Is he your number one pick for quarterback? I mean, assuming I have a good team, like I have yeah. no other good defense, good things, good yeah, weapons yeah. around. You him. just literally have no quarterback and you can get anyone you want. Yeah. If I want to win this year, I'm taking Tom Brady. You are. Yeah. Okay. He's the safest. He's the safest bet, right? Over Rogers. I mean, yeah, Rogers has won once. <laughs> okay. You know, like. He's the he's definitely he's the safest bet from from that perspective. Okay, I think Rogers is more talented than Tom Brady is. You know, like that. I get it when people say that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the league, but you know, especially after I saw him, you know, strut up to training camp dressed like he was coming out of uh, you know Con Air or <laughs> whatever it was. Yes, um, it was supposed to be Nick Cage and Con Air. I would have, so you remember when we discussed these these weird yep. com, this weird commitment he has to his costumes? I I mean the the com, I I really enjoy the comment I made is that he really nailed the costume of looking like Nicolas Cage and Conair, except for being a professional athlete, he was in way worse shape than Nicolas Cage looked in Conair being in a prison for the last ten years of his life. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of makes sense, you know, like, because you got, but 
I mean, yeah. He's just and and I, I know how you feel about Mahomes, so I know you're not picking Mahomes over Brady. Well, here's the other thing we get into too, because there's the there's the like larger conversation to be had about Madden itself, which is yeah, okay, you can have Mahomes as a, like if we're playing Madden, I definitely want Mahomes because Madden you want yeah. you want a mobile quarterback. So that's the that's the issue where these Madden rankings sometimes everyone kind of really discusses them in, in everyone just is Lamar like, Jackson. Yeah. At the end of the day. It's yeah. It's so they people can get really worked up over them, but it's like that, but the way, the way that you actually play the game, you probably don't want Tom Brady. You're not going to just sit in the pocket and try and pick teams apart. There's not a lot of people doing that, but that's a, that's a whole nother debate. Yeah. But I mean, that's for the game though. But I, I, I mean, in terms of their rankings that I think they rank, off of actual characteristics, not just. But that's an that's the interesting thing, right? Is is they are creating both the gameplay and the rankings. So you would think if you worked at EA and you would say, "Hey, we think that Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the NFL," but we are creating a game where Tom Brady is in no way the best quarterback within the game itself. Something is wrong with the gameplay. I mean, that's a yeah, like a much well, that's, more that's, detailed. That's a debate about EA. <laughs> yeah, no. Which look. EA does not get a lot of love at the moment, so. So I think my question, the one that I debated the most in my head was Joe Burrow at five versus Justin Herbert at seven. I think they're both too high. I think I need to say that. <laughs> I don't know who I you just move up. Actually, I'll tell you the one that you can Lamar maybe move Jackson. up. Ah, no. I mean, you can say what you want about Lamar Jackson. But there's a certain moment in time where you might be need to be getting really high rank, rankings. You need a little bit of a CV. And when you're talking about guys who've had one, I mean, in, in Joe Burrow's case, you know, like 1.6 seasons or whatever he's had in the NFL, to, to be saying, well, he's fit the fifth best, which I that bit bothers me. Matthew Stafford is too high to me as well. That's such an overreaction to him joining a good Rams team. And winning the Super Bowl, like if they had lost to the Niners in the NFC Championship game, he's not in the top ten. If you see what I mean, like that's how stupid yeah. that is. And I mean, he's like, he's ten it, though. He's ten. He's still it's in the not top that 10, high. He's he's in the top third of all QBs. I mean, that isn't out. That isn't that's not an outrageous statement. There's people I'd have ahead of him though who aren't in the list who are are, are like. There's definitely people who, who I'd have ahead of him. What about Russell Wilson all the way down at nine? Do you think that's a slight on Russell Wilson a little bit there? Yeah. Again, in, in the same category, like I would put Russell Wilson ahead of Burrow and Herbert because you actually know exactly what he is. It's not, oh, we're basing on the fact that they will continue to progress or that they will replicate you know, that this t- really small sample size of performances that they've had so far, we think that they can do that over a sustained period of time. With Russell Wilson, you know exactly what he is. Certain limitations, maybe, maybe a little bit of a downturn over the last couple of seasons. Some of that people think is linked to the play calling and the, just the kind of focus of the overall team. Maybe that will get fixed in Denver. But yeah, I think if you're giving an honest assessment and not trying to pick like based on very recent events, Russell Wilson should probably be top five. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't understand the Russell Wilson being dropped. I mean, last year he had, sorry, the year before last year 
he had one of his best seasons. I mean, he had, he had 40 touchdowns in that season in 2020, which is his career high. And then last year, the team was just really bad. I mean, the record, he was six and eight as a starter, which isn't good. And, but I think that's unfair criticism towards him when he didn't have a good team around him. He still had 25 touchdowns and only six interceptions in the 14 games he started. I mean, that's still 103 passer rating. That's really freaking good for a team that he had DK Metcalf and, and not much more. Um, so no defense either. So I, I think when you're looking at, like you said, the resume, I don't see the drop off on Russell Wilson that much that you drop him all the way down there below Burrow and, and Herbert um, and, and Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. I mean, I, I would put him below Josh Allen. I would put Russell Wilson fifth. And then from there you can kind of mix and match the Burrow, Prescott, Herbert, Jackson kind of, I think they're, they are, they are all kind of similar in their total rankings, but I, I think Russell Wilson here is the one who should be a little, little angry. Not that I don't, I don't think at his stage, I don't think he's a player who gets angry at Madden. I think the younger guys that I think it does piss them off a little bit, but I think Russell Wilson at this point in his life doesn't really give a shit. I, I saw he just bought like a monster mansion in Denver, like the most expensive house on the market ever in Denver. So I don't think he really cares about his Madden ranking too much. I'm sure. I'm sure he cares. I think professional athletes just by default kind of care. Like I think part of what motivates you to get drives you to get to that level, whilst it's not the outside noise might not be something that's really causing you too much of a disturbance. I bet you there is him looking at that list being like, really, you think Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than I am? How many how many playoff wins does he have? Like I'm sure there is, or his teammates are commenting on to him. I mean, look, this is a guy who just turned up to the first day of um, like preseason. In his, own, his jersey. own jersey. <laughs> I mean, that's that's insane. That's just like I can't imagine being a professional athlete and just wearing my own jersey around. Do you wear it? Do you wear it in your home? No. I don't think you don't I wake would up wear... and throw on a t-shirt jersey of yourself. <laughs> I think if I were like Russell Wilson level of professional athlete, I'm wearing no team related me related gear at any point yeah i haven't really seen that much in my life <laughs> he's one of the first I've ever seen wear his own jersey the own jersey but you if you see what i mean i'm not him walking around in a denver broncos t-shirt like i'm not even doing that like outside of yes if well you're like going team to sponsored or something yeah if you're going to something where that's expected like okay i'm going to practice so I'm I'm just wearing my hoodie and stuff. Like, yeah. That's different. But as in, if you're just like, oh, I saw Russell Wilson out to lunch the other day and he was in his Broncos hoodie, that to yeah. me would be weird. Yeah. It, like, it, you know what? It's And it's really funny too because I feel, at least in America, a lot of people who are out think people are professional athletes based off of what they're wearing. And I, it's literally what I say to them every time. Like, oh, look at that guy. He's in like a New York Giants t-shirt. You, like, you think he, he's pretty big and he plays for the Giants? Like, yeah, I'm sure the guy who plays for the Giants making millions of dollars is going out being like, I want to wear my New York Giants t-shirt so everyone recognizes and annoys the shit out of me. Like, no, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> now, here's the thing is, maybe if you, maybe it's like hiding in plain sight. And maybe that's oh, the best way like, to like not a, be. All right. That's the best. Because you look at him and you go, hey, look at that guy in the Russell Wilson jersey. He looks a lot like Russell Wilson. There's no way he could be Russell Wilson. Yeah. 
Like maybe you're, it's the double bluff that then gets people. I mean, there's that possibility. But the fact that he's going to. I love hearing those stories about like uh, celebrities and professional athletes when people go up to them. We're like, you know what? You look a lot like Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Yeah, cool. <laughs> it's, like, it's them. It's so good. So, I mean, just be, besides that, um, Aaron, Aaron Donald, again, was a, a 99 ranking. Um, the best running back, Eddie. I don't know if did you see this. Have you no, seen this list? All. Okay. Do you want to guess who the top three running backs are? Um, I mean, the best running back. Yeah, the number one has to be uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's number one at ninety-seven. I mean, but two right behind him. And here's the thing: I'll say is, I don't think anyone should be a ninety-nine because I think that's implying you're like perfect at what you do. So I don't think... So you don't think Aaron Donald should be a 99? No. I think 99 should be unobtainable. I mean, they've made 100 unobtainable, right? <laughs> they've done that. But I think 99 should be unobtainable. Like, I just okay. think... I think it should just literally be... No, that doesn't... It kind of doesn't exist. Like, you're not, the, you're not perfect. You're not the best at every aspect of your position, which is basically what they should be saying for 99. Like, if we're using multiple areas to assess you, unless we're literally saying... Aaron Donald is the best at like every single thing he needs to do. He might be. He's not though. Run stop. Uh, sacks. But anyway, if they're giving out 99s, Derrick Henry should also be a 99. <laughs> if you see what I mean, like Yeah, it's it's yeah, it is a little inconceivable. Well, I think what's more inconceivable is he's a 97. And okay, there are so, two right behind him at 96. So I'll guess Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is at 96, which I think is is a little – I don't think it's high. I think it's high in relation to Derrick Henry. Yeah, it is. As, as you're saying. And then I'd be torn between two for the other. I'm going to give it to – so I'll say who I think it could be first, but I don't think it is them. But I could see okay. why Madden would just give him too much credit, which is uh, – like Ezekiel Elliott, but I think it will be Jonathan Taylor just based on how good of a season he had last year. Okay, Ezekiel Elliott is 10th. Jonathan Taylor is 4th. You're forgetting tied for 2nd with Nick Chubb is Christian McCaffrey. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, kind of forget him. And then the wide receivers, the 99 ranking of Devontae Adams was a pretty big debate as well. Because going along what you're saying, I don't think in any way Devontae Adams is that transcendent of a wide receiver that he's a 99. Like, I agree, not there should be very little 99s. I'm okay with Aaron Donald because he could go down as the greatest Player defensive tackle in NFL time. history. Devontae Adams in no way, shape, or form is going to go down as the greatest wide receiver in history. I think also, in, 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 if nothing else, if they're giving you a 99, it has to be... A, not even a debate as to whether or not you're the best person in your position at that moment in time. And yes, there's going to be a lot of people who think that Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. But if you just opened that debate up, there's going to be a number of other names thrown out there and a number of people who believe very strongly that he isn't the best. And that's not them saying that he's yeah. bad, but they are going to be picking other people as to who they think is better. Yeah. So that's my other issue with giving him a 99. Yeah, you're right. But I guess speaking that'll of... that'll be interesting. Now he's on the Raiders, so it'll be interesting to see how he does without Aaron Rodgers. Man, Although he thinks... He's linking up with his former college quarterback. Did so. you see the statement? He said, 
uh, something along the lines of it's really nice to go from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> so he yeah. has high hopes for Derek Carr's career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, put it, I would have put Derek Carr in the top 10 on the Madden. But we, we don't have to get into that debate. But I guess speaking of NFL wide receivers, the really big news out of this week was Julio Jones signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers continuing to I mean this is the thing that's unfair with both the Buccaneers right and just Tom Brady in general which is you get these players signing on for far less money than they would anywhere else because they know it's their best chance to win a championship and you've got these players just signing up signing Super Bowl contracts basically give me one year with Tom Brady and let's hope for the best and I'll take league minimum or whatever it is you're going to offer me and then they're able to put together these near on super teams aid super teams of aging superstars and put, <laughs> you know, and put them all together. And again, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who when Brady retired, were looking at the prospect of maybe not even being a playoff team, are suddenly now moving themselves into, I think in, with some bookmakers now, they're even favorites to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's a great signing for them. It's You're right. I, it's a little unfair, but at the same time, there are certain players where I'm okay with it. I think Julio Jones is one of them. You know, he suffered for a long time on the Falcons, just being on a mediocre team, doing anything humanly possible he could do to to make them winners. And they just weren't. Um, it, it's unfortunate, though, because I thought when he went to the Titans that that would be good. And I, I thought, you know, I thought that was a good spot for him. It just didn't work out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And I receivers are tough, right? Cause I feel like sometimes they fall off cliffs and they go from yeah. being a 98, 99 in Madden to getting two targets a game. And Julio Jones could just be at that point in his career where he's just not at all what he was. And it's it, no, we'll see the, the good thing though. And, and look, there's a long list of wide receivers who, when Brady was at the Patriots, I mean, I think the most famous one in some respects of that would have been Ocho Cinco who, did the, tried to do the same thing, sign up for his Super Bowl, basically, and and kind of put a, that yep. stamp on his career, and then ended up being in a Super Bowl that the Patriots lost, and he wasn't targeted a single time in the <laughs> Super Bowl itself. I do think, yes, there's a risk that Julio Jones has just fallen off a cliff. Part of me feels like he wasn't, he was never so reliant on speed, like his overall physical like ability, that probably means he'll still be usable in one way or another. I do also agree with you that he was so good in his prime that you feel like he kind of deserves this shot on being, and he like suffered through a lot of bad seasons with the Falcons. So I don't feel as if he's just sort of ring chasing in a position where he shouldn't be. And then I guess the, the, even if he's, even if his levels have dropped significantly, you know that if you're a team facing them, you'll still be afraid enough of Julio Jones's ability that he has to get significant attention when he's on the field and when you have Tom Brady at quarterback who can then just pick you apart when he knows, well, okay, they have to, they have to give some respect to Julio Jones being out there, then that might open up options somewhere else on the field. And that, it, that in and of itself is just a useful weapon for the, for the bucks to have. Yeah. I mean, now you're looking at Julio Jones, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and actually Russell Gage, who isn't that bad either as a fourth wide receiver. Uh, it's, it's, pretty devastating again from an <laughs> offensive weapon standpoint they have a ton of options so assuming 
And it's a big assumption based on his age. It's not a big assumption based on his injury record. But assuming that you get a full season out of Tom Brady without any major incidents, then, I mean, there are, you have to, I mean, I can't see a way they don't win their division. I can't see the way that they're not either the one or the two seed. And, and as a result of that, you're, you're, you know, you're like penciling them in to the NFC championship game, probably. And then potentially even into another Super Bowl appearance. Not on the top 10 Madden quarterback rankings. Kyler Murray inked an enormous deal of $230 million, And we talked about this with the $160 million guaranteed. And we talked about whether this is uh, a necessity for the Cardinals or not. What we didn't talk about was the slight clause in the contract. I wouldn't call it a slight clause. <laughs> well, a hidden, a slightly hidden clause uh, that everyone did pick up on because people read contracts. <laughs> um, and it was that the quarterback must spend at least four hours per week in, quotes, independent study during the regular season and playoffs. During that time, he must review, again in quotes, material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game. And and this also this, and also to clarify for people who don't understand that, so it's studying game tape, basically is what they want him to do. But in addition, they also clarify when they are saying independent study, this is separate from anything he does, like within the facility as the team. He needs to be at home for four hours a week studying game tape. Yeah, or yeah, or going over schemes or something. And more importantly, they also there's a further aspect to that clause where they specifically state that it must be the thing he's focusing on. So he can't be watching TV and looking at game tape or playing a video game and looking at yep. game tape. He needs to be just watching game tape to count for those four hours. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that was also part of that. Yes, he he can't be doing other activities during this. This is just I don't know why I get kind of why the Cardinals do it in the sense that this kind of does give them a little bit of a escape if he doesn't do this and doesn't give a shit about being a professional quarterback and does poorly, they can cite this and kind of get out of the contract. But is it worth it at the end of the day? Because now you've made your quarterback look like a, a, I don't want to say an idiot, but you, you make him look like a non-committed person who is clearly just in it for the money and the fun and doesn't give a crap about his team, his profession, anything. When you counter that, I think uh, someone was talking about Peyton Manning. They said that Peyton Manning would spend, he said he could never put a number on it, but it was at least 20 hours a week outside of the facility, but probably closer to 30 to 35 hours a week that Manning would spend outside of the facility. And you can imagine Manning was probably at the facility, the first one there and the last one to leave, and then going home and doing 30 additional hours when you compare that to to Kyler Murray here to have to put in a clause that you have to put in one hour a week or sorry one hour a day for only four days a week that is when you break it down like that that is so pathetic and yeah. I, I I just is it worth is it worth outing him as being potentially that type of player to put that in 
Well, I mean, it's definitely a damning indictment of what, how they, what they think of him. So I think the first question is be like, if you have that image of a person in terms of their dedication and their willingness to try and get better and do the best at their job, how on earth are you signing up to pay them 200 plus million dollars? You know, like there's that bit, Yeah. you know, that, that is, a, and we spoke about on the last episode, kind of why maybe they didn't have too much of a choice in that respect. But yeah, I mean, it is NFL quarterbacks undoubtedly work extremely hard and the, you know, the hours they put in, in a facility in order to be good. And so, yeah, asking for that extra hour a week, I mean, that does seem low. And I would imagine that most quarterbacks in the NFL are surpassing that by a huge amount. So I mean, imagine what do you think Tom Brady's doing? Tom Brady must look at a clause like that in a contract and just, I mean, he must immediately go, well, I'm beating the Cardinals this year. Like, that's all yeah. he's doing. Like, that's how well he's going to know our defense, is, you know? But I mean, I, I mean, Brady's probably looking at it I, four hours a week. I spend more than four hours a day probably at home doing additional research. Oh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, this is a guy, right, who sends his family away at times so that he can be alone in the home. In the house, like, well, he just sends him to another wing of the home, <laughs> yeah, but just to be so he can f- entirely focus on preparing for a game. So, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. In I guess the reason, the motivation from a Cardinals perspective, yeah, you are kind of outing him. There is a risk that I mean, look, he signed the contract, so he knew that this was going to come go public. I guess there's a risk that he gets the backlash and then is unhappy about the fact that he's going. Maybe he didn't think that the backlash would be as extreme. Maybe if the Cardinals, maybe they have legitimate concerns about his work ethic and they want an out. Like maybe they're... Oh, I, 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 I 100% think it's an escape clause for them. But I don't know. Here's the real question. How is it in any way enforceable? Like how, for example, okay, they can maybe track the four hours because they can give him an iPad to... Yes, like sign on or something. Or they have some kind of tracking software on it so they can they can do that. So yeah. that bit of you, it, they can... You pull the Jamarcus Russell, you give him blank tapes. Yes. And then you ask him about him the next day. But what they can't do, what seems totally unenforceable, is that it has to be the, the only thing he's focusing on. Unless someone yeah. is going to be... Unless there's going to be an, like an intern at the Cardinals and they give him an iPad and they basically tell him, as soon as you start reviewing game tape, there is a, a camera on the iPad is recording your face. And someone is going to review that footage and decide as to whether or not it looked as if you were just focused on that iPad. That is the only way to me that it is in any way sort of possible to judge everything else. He could just like put clips on, on the iPad and it says like, okay, he watched seven hours of clips last week. Or even if he wanted, he could sit somewhere and move his finger on different things, you know, to like show activity. Anyone who's had kind of tracking software working from home knows that there are good ways around all of them. So this is the part to me that I kind of don't get is like, yes, you're putting the clause in, but are you ever going to be in a position where you can unequivocally prove? Because it's not like they can then say, hey, we've, you're, you're gone. We've, we've cut you. And we're doing it on the basis of this clause in your contract. You're then getting an illegal nightmare of him. They don't even define specifically, whilst they do say with electronic devices and stuff, they don't define that it has to be with a team, official team provided electronic device. So say, for example, you did try to cut him on that basis and he went to court over it for you know wrongful dismissal. And then they said to him, well, look, we don't have any 
evidence that you used your you know team issued iPad to look at game tape, he could turn around and say, oh, but I was watching game tape on my personal computer. You never told me I had to do it on the, I don't like using that iPad. Like I want a bigger screen. I want to use a mouse, you know? So like it doesn't, it seems kind of pointless. It just seems a way of telling the world Kyler Murray doesn't work very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and I don't understand why you want to do that, considering this is the same player who still had years left on his contract, but was so unhappy that he removed all Cardinals related pictures and photos from his Instagram, like like a like a 14 year old girl who just broke up with her boyfriend, you, you know, like it, a very childish move. But didn't just do that. Also released an official statement through his agent saying that he was moving on. Yeah. And that was it, that was February 14th. He released that statement. Fucking Valentine's Day. So four months later, is that right? Four months later, he then signs, you know, a $250 million contract. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know why you want to poke the bear that did that. But, and then the other aspect of why I don't know why you do that, when you really think about it, so, okay, so they play their games on Sunday. They probably have Monday off to a large extent, and then you're going Tuesday through Saturday. So you have five non-game work days. Let's let's call them work days. That is less than an hour a day for there. I have to imagine the elite level QBs are at least, let's put a very bare minimum, two hours a day. So if you put in the contract 10 hours a week, that to me seems like a legitimate, hey, we know you're good, but we think you could be doing a little more at home on your own. Two hours a day, that's that's what almost everyone's doing. Give us 10 hours a week. I, I, and you say four, four, four is so small that you could literally, he could go on, like you said, he could go on Monday and just or Tuesday and sit on his iPad for four hours, not really paying attention, just scrolling through, even if he's just doing that. Four hours is not a lot of time to kill. You can kill four hours pretty quick. You can kill it in four hours. And then you're done, right? And then and then nothing's been accomplished. Okay, but I think we do have to put in the context, right, that an NFL quarterback on a day, you're making it seem like they are mostly sitting at home. He's going to have to be in the facility at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. most days, and he's leaving. Even if he's lazy, he's still leaving at 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night every day during it. Oh, so- I don't think it's I, – I, I think you're blowing that a little out of proportion. I don't think I am. I think it's like I think it's like a nine to seven. Let's Not call seven it seven to ten. Okay, let's call it a nine till seven. I think that okay. I don't think there are many any NFL quarterbacks strolling into their facility at nine. If they are, they're all lying. Because all every single one of them talks about, you know, Cam Newton had that famous quote about how he was waking up at four thirty and he was at, he like out the door at four forty five or whatever it is. Every single one of them talks about how early they wake up, how early they go. Same with NFL head coaches. How they just live their life within the facility. It would kind of blow my mind if if he's getting. I think he's not getting the contract if he's turning up at nine a.m. On, on a consistent basis. But let's even call it that. I think asking them to start to do multiple hours a day on top of that. I think there's a moment where, as a player, you might even say, "Wait, you're making this is now enforced. This might not be the best way for me to prepare for a game." So. I don't find the four hours to necessarily from a contractual, this is a minimum, right? If you started putting minimums at 10 hours, so then you're like, well, the minimum is 10. Expectations like 15, minimum is 10. What they're saying is like minimum is four. Expectation is probably significantly higher, but you're in trouble if you're dipping below four. I 
the number there doesn't bother me that much. I do think it just is it's revealing in terms of what they think of him. And also, like there's other elements. This is only required during game weeks. So during his bye week, there's no requirement that he does any additional studying. You know, there's there's other parts of it. And and I'm sure there would have been a back and forth on this clause with his agent in terms of trying to find out exactly what the requirements should be in terms of the number of hours, where, when, how. But yeah, I I just think it shows a, it shows from his perspective, he's either he or his agent quite self-aware because to allow that clause to be put in shows that, you know, it's kind of, cause I would almost be, if I was trying to negotiate a contract for work and there was something I thought I was good at, that someone was requiring, I put like a clause that seems somewhat sort of to, to imply that I wasn't good at it. That would be one where I was like, we don't even need this. Like, you know me. You know that this isn't an issue. You don't need to do that. Now, there's other things that, you know, I can assess myself and be like, all right, I'm probably not the best at that. So we can put that in the contract because, yeah, I need to improve there and I need to make sure I do that. So it shows that he obviously thinks, probably is aware of that. And as it, again, it just shows what the team thinks of him. Yeah, it's it's not a good look at all. And I, I just don't know. We'll see, you know, for someone who seems very temperamental, I don't know if that was the right move to already have him kind of angry at a $230 million contract he signed. And then the next day to kind of be unhappy about it or unhappy with the organization about it. You know, that's not a good way to start that contract. Um, but I, I guess going to a, a lighter topic, Eddie, um, Ronaldo, for as great as he is, has had issues with statues. Uh, most famously, the statue that looked <laughs> nothing like him uh, being made. But have you seen his, the new issue he has with not that statue, but the one that's uh, on the uh, island off of Portugal where he grew up? Yeah, the island where he's from. Yeah, they, they put a statue in, I think, a few years ago. Have you seen the issue with this statue that's that's arised no. <laughs> or arisen? <laughs> I, no, I've seen the statue, but I've not seen the... So it's yeah. it's basically a, a full body statue of him kind of just standing. Uh, so, you know, the, the entire body there, uh, it's made of bronze and it's very worn down on his hands because people are always holding his hands. So his hands are like a much lighter color than the than the rest of the bronze statue but that's not the only place they're holding because his crotch is a very bright shiny yellow because everyone who takes the picture apparently just grabs his crotch area so you have a statue of ronaldo that's bronze with yellow hands and a yellow crotch and it's become such an issue that they've been debating what to do about it and how to fix it i mean if i'm him i can understand if you're like the tourist board or whatever, or responsible for the statue. I understand why you might want to change it. If you're him, this wouldn't bother me at all. Like, I'd think it was kind of funny. I will say looking at the statue from a try. It's not particularly lifelike in any way, shape or form. Like his arm length and stuff is really weird. And just the overall dimensions of his body seem strange. I do you always make hands bigger, Eddie, on a statue. Yes. Yeah. But I do understand that he in, in, in order to look lifelike, when you do look at his crotch, they have put 
like some visible bulge there because yeah usually when you're playing sports in shorts like there is some kind of outline there right like there's it's not just completely flat now you could try and you could say was that necessary like what if anyone of when you think of all the other issues in terms of the dimensions and this the overall look of this statue would people have said, hey, look, the face doesn't look a lot like him. The hands are way too big. The arms are way too small. The shoulders look really weird. Like it's just the proportions are odd. But my real issue with this is the fact that there's no visible bulge in his shorts. Like that's the bit. You could have maybe seen this one coming. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't meant in any way as a, as a kind of pun. I know we were supposed to record yesterday. And... Um... I ended up getting pretty exhausted helping a friend pretty much pack their house up into their, their moving truck, which I enjoy immensely. Um, they like, didn't understand that I like doing it. And you know, like, Oh, it's like, we'll take you out to dinner. And I was like, no, like I, I like it. This is fine. This is, this is a fun afternoon for me. But um, I was disappointed because I arrived. We were supposed to, I was supposed to get there at nine. I didn't get there till like 10, 15. And the other person that they had asked to help move had moved like a majority of the boxes. We did all the heavy stuff, like the furniture and stuff when I got there, but he had done all the boxes and I was, I was actually a little pissed off. Cause like, oh, I missed out on, on like a quarter of the move. But the reason I missed out is I don't want to be mean. I don't think this person will listen to the podcast. And I don't think maybe some people at my gym do, I don't want to be mean, but it, it I was late because of one of the dumbest things someone has done in my immediate uh, like surroundings in, in a very long time. So I go to the, the gym I go to, I go to the same gym every time. It's a smaller gym. Um, and when you go in, there's like a little shelf with like a nook that you can put in your bags and things like that. And then on the shelf, people will just usually put like their keys and their phone or whatever. Um, so I, every day I put my keys up there and my headphones, my case and put my headphones in, do my workout. So I come back and I'm ready to leave. And I grab my headphone case, throw my headphones, grab my drink. And then I go to grab my keys and they're not there. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, where the, where the hell are my keys? And I look over to like the other side of the shelf and there's, there are like my keys. So I, I go, I grab my keys and then I grab them and I look at them. I'm like, ah, this seems weird. And then like when I look at them a little closer, they're actually not my keys, but it's the exact same fob. It's like a Toyota fob that, you know, that like the wireless, whatever. But then when you flip it over, it says Toyota Highlander and I, I have a Camry. So I was like, oh, these aren't mine. And then, and then the keys, there was like the same amount of keys on there, but they were clearly different than the keys. Like once you take a look, they're like, these aren't my keys. So I, I put them back down and then I'm looking all over. I can't find them. I can't find them. I go outside. Cause I think, all right, maybe I left my keys in my car. Cause it's one of the, you know, it's, it's wireless. So you can do that a lot of times. You can just leave your keys in your car and I go and the trunk is open and I'm like, what the fuck is my trunk open for? And then I go and the car is unlocked and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, oh, maybe I did leave them in there. So I look, I can't find them. And then I can try and start the car. Cause if the keys are in the car, the car will start car doesn't start. So now <laughs> this woman, the security woman pulls up and she's like, oh, is this your car? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's mine. She's like, oh, the trunk's open. Like, why, why'd you leave the trunk open? And I was like, I, I don't know. I must have clicked it by accident. And then she sees me like going to the car and not be able to start it. And she's like, are you sure this is your car? And I was like, yes, this is my car. I don't know why the trunk's open, 
but side note i think someone took my keys by mistake so i can't actually start my car so she's like questioning it but luckily like the gym owner came up and he's like hey frank is everything all right and i'm like yeah i think someone snagged my keys by accident because uh, i can't like i can't find them he's like all right well let's let's go in we can try and figure it out so we go inside and i basically tell him the story and i was like i think what happened is someone took my keys thinking that they were theirs because there's a pair of keys that look similar to mine there so he's like, oh, grab those keys. So I grab the keys. He's like, I'll scan and see who it is. And we can see if like that's the case or not. So he scans, he scans it. He goes, oh, it's so-and-so. And I go, well, is the guy here? He goes, no, he comes in early and does, and does uh, like personal training with this guy. So they pull over the personal trainer and they're like, hey, when did, what's his face leave? And he's like, oh, he left like 20 minutes ago. So, so they call him up and he goes, why? And he goes, because I think he took Frank's keys. And he goes, oh, that's why he couldn't get into his car, I guess. So they call up the, the person. He took my keys, walked outside, tried to open his car with the fob. It didn't open up. Probably then clicked the trunk button and popped open my trunk, which was probably couldn't have been too far to his car. Apparently didn't see that some random trunk popped open, couldn't open his stuff, went back in, told his personal trainer that his keys weren't working. And neither of them could figure out that he just didn't have his own keys. So instead, he called up his partner. They came and brought a spare set. And then he drove off to work with my keys like an hour away and had no idea. And it, at first, I was like, oh, it happens. But then when I think about it, one, your keys don't work and you don't even think enough to look down and think like, Maybe these aren't my keys. Two, he then goes inside and tells another person, and that person doesn't go, are you sure they're your keys? And then the third one is if your fob doesn't work, because I'm assuming when he thought is like, oh, the battery in my fob's dead. There's still a key in your fob that you like push and the key pops out and you can still open your car. So at no point did he try that either. And instead, just fucking drove off with my keys. And I had to Uber to my house, get my keys, and then Uber back and get my car. It cost me $25. <laughs> Here's the thing is, I wouldn't put too much blame. Because for all you know, the personal trainer might have said, but you're sure they're your keys. And this guy said, yes. Like, it, it, it's not as if the personal trainer... Well, then that's really on him then. Then that's really, really It's not on as him. if the personal trainer would have been like, hey, I've memorized what your keys look like. Show them to me. These are not your keys. No, 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 you're right. You're right. But I think at least a personal trainer would have been like, are you sure they're your keys? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, I my keys aren't working. Are they yours? You know? Like, I, I guess. I, I guess at the same time, he might have thought that's such a dumb question to ask. Like for someone to be adamant, like to have thought your keys were in your locker or whatever, and then that you've gone outside and that is your car. Like to ask someone like, are you sure they're your keys? is almost a ridiculously, like it's almost insulting the intelligence of the other person. I think you'd still say it though. Maybe. Like even, uh, in, a, even in a joking fashion, like, are they sure your keys? <laughs> I think, because also it would almost be, it's unimaginable for me to not even notice that they're not your keys. Like, Yeah, I, I will say it took me like half a second when I grabbed his, I'm assuming it's him, I don't even know if it is. When I grabbed their keys and then, like instant, like I grabbed them, thought they were mine, and then was like, "Wait, this doesn't feel right." Looked and saw that they weren't. Like I didn't even take a step before I realized they weren't mine. I grabbed them. I'll give them that, but 
but I didn't go outside and try and use them. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine grabbing someone else's keys and not thinking they were, and not instantly knowing they weren't mine. Like, I, I'm looking at my keys right now, and I'm trying to think, is there something dis- that's... Now, okay, I have a keychain on them, so you got to probably remove the keychain because that's the sort of distinguishing feature. But in terms of even just the keys themselves, I would look at them and know those aren't my keys. I'm a little, I'm a little angry. I should have took a picture of his keys, and then when I got my keys back, I could have took a picture and we, we could have compared how similar they are. Yeah, maybe it's... all it is is all it is is one ring, and then the fob, which is the identical fob except on the back, it says the car model. And then probably close to the same amount of keys, and then the gym, uh, like swiper thing on there. Yeah, but still, I noticed within a second. Yeah, no, no, I think <laughs> I didn't. Would... Then go outside, not be able to open my car, and not like think something's wrong. Yeah, no, I would. It would. Um, it it would surprise me if I could make that mistake. Put it that way. Yeah, I, I just think like the the um, the critical thinking after your keys not working, the the lack of critical thinking just really got to me. And then I love the oh, I can be there in like an hour or two and drop them off if you want. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I let think me, let me sit here. <laughs> if you make that mistake, you I mean, he has to do something like I'll call you an Uber. Like that has to be the bare minimum. He has to say, and my expectation, if that were me. You have to say that, like, I'll call you an Uber. I would mostly expect you to go, no, it's okay. Like, I'll just deal with it myself, you know, because. Yeah. But uh, you still have to offer, like, to just be like, well, I'll be there in an hour, two hours. Is that okay? I know, I know you kind of need your car. Like, you're not, it's not (laughs) like, oh, this isn't something you need right now. You know, that's the bit that you have to try and find some, I would have said either. Oh, can I pay for like, there must be some kind of delivery, like some kind of courier service where I can get them to, to like drive your keys. I mean, over. you can just Uber your keys. Probably. You could. That, yeah, you could. There might be some trust issues there a little bit, but. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I have an Uber driver turn up and just go, hey, deliver these keys to this guy. But, but he doesn't know. Yeah. But they're not his keys. So they wouldn't link, like they wouldn't know my address. <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. Because you'd have to tell them your keys because you couldn't just say, hey, deliver this to someone because I think then the Uber driver might say no. If you see what I mean, like I'm not taking some mysterious yeah. package. Like I'm not like delivering <laughs> Take drugs. Take this bag of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. So you'd have to tell them they were keys. And then, yeah, I don't. And I mean, like, look, I guess fundamentally there's no reason to not because if the Uber driver stole the keys, you would just get in touch with the Uber and be like, this guy stole my keys. Like, I know exactly who stole them, but yeah, you, you have to find, you have to offer, if you're him, you have to offer something better than, or her, I guess you don't know. You have to offer something better than just, I can be there in a couple hours. I mean, I, I honestly, I think I'm just more mad at how do you not realize this? Like, how do you go that far that then even you call your you the, call the, your significant other and they come and pick up, they come and give you your spare set. That means you're standing there for at least 10 minutes well, also waiting the, for them to come. The other person you need, more than the trainer. I think the personal trainer has no responsibility in any part of this. Like, I don't think you can. No, I, I, I'm not blaming. No, no, no. But when you're way. like, oh, it's even the. That. No, no. But when you said like even the other person, I don't think you can even question their involvement in this in any way. 
but the other person you have to throw in is whoever the other the husband or wife because like if i'm going to drop keys off like even if you like we're in a situation you're like oh eddie you've got my spare keys could you bring me my spare keys and i was like okay sure inconvenience but i'll do it and i come and give you your spare keys and then i was like why aren't the other keys working and then you're like and and this is then assuming given that situation, I probably know exactly what your keys look like because we probably, obviously we've got the same house keys or whatever. I would then yeah. just say, those aren't your keys. Like, let me let me see those. Like, let me try and then immediately say, these are not your keys. Yeah. Like that person also has to take some responsibility. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps up this this week. Oh, we're not going to do any TV updates? We've been doing like a like a last segment tv watching updates i think lots to save we are we're pretty long at this point so i think we might have okay. to save the, the tv update for that will be something okay. and people can look forward to Premier League predictions and tv review yeah and, I, and I'll, I'll tease it with this i just finished what many are calling the best show on television this year so far okay is it what i th- so, do you think i think that uh, no, I do not think you think that, but okay. most American critics have called this the best show on television so far in 2022. All right. Well, something to look forward to. Stay tuned. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. See you.